0: Hello, everybody. This is John Burns with New Heights 360, and I have a very special guest today, the young, successful entrepreneur, Garrett Atkins. He is the founder and owner of Via Media, and he also is a co-owner of St. Louis Podcasts, and he's also a professional gamer. It just never ends with this guy.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say professional, but yeah, I Twitch stream, so...
0: Oh, I don't know. You make a little bit of money doing it. A little it, don't bit you? of money. Okay. A What's a little bit of money?
1: Just like just. anywhere from six hundred to a thousand bucks a month. Yeah,
0: that's a nice little passive income. This
1: past month has been a little slow, though. I took a little bit of time off for work. So
0: absolutely. Well, in case you don't know, Vi Media is a fast emerging online marketing company, and they also do video. Uh, they do lots of things, pretty much to shape your company. Any way you want it as far as online goes and how people view the company and I'm not gonna pretend I know everything about it so I'm gonna ask Garrett a little bit about Vi media
1: so Vi media is a full-service digital marketing company our main focus is on the digital stuff so Facebook and Instagram advertising um, branding is the one thing we do that's not 100% digital, but it definitely plays in the digital, obviously, because your logo, your colors, your fonts, your your brand. And that's kind of a seems. starting point, though. Yeah, that's part of your foundation, and that's where we focus. And that's actually the biggest differentiator between us and our competition um, is that we focus on your foundation first, whereas a lot of marketing firms try to push you straight into Uh, monthly advertising
0: well and i've dealt with some in the past Mm -hmm. and uh they're not really interested in your look your logo or really even what you're about what they're interested in is a monthly contract yeah to get whatever they can out of you until you move on or just decide to go with somebody else
1: yeah that's that's pretty much how it's done and it makes sense because if they lock you in in a in an annual contract usually you're talking six to twenty four months And then they can count on that revenue for that period of time. It's easier to do the books that way, obviously. But the bottom line is if you focus on a company's foundation first and foremost, um, then your monthly advertising that you do later on is going to be more successful because you corrected any foundational flaws. Or for a startup company, which we deal with from time to time, you build that foundation first. Um, And so having all of that uh, foundational stuff taken care of Prior to advertising, is extremely paramount.
0: So how did you even come up with the concept of ViMedia, like even the name? I've, I've always been interested in the name because it's one of those names that is not like your traditional yeah. type name for a company.
1: Well, there's a lot of, in, in the marketing space and uh, digital space, it's uh, kind of a thing where lots of companies are coming up with weird names like Weebly. Is the name of a website builder out there? Stuff like that—that's just odd. I uh, kind of pride myself on my vernacular. So, Vi is the English word that means to strive in competition with, and that's kind of what marketing is all about—is competing wow. with other companies in your space. So that's kind of where I chose the name Vi. And then the logo—lots of people can't see it, but it actually has Vi in the logo so you have the v the i and the e the e's kind of wonky but it's still there um yeah that's kind of where the logo came from as well
0: very interesting so you're also a part owner of st louis podcast Mm -hmm. and what give us a little bit of backstory on that because
1: so that originated because i was going to start my own podcast and just didn't want to have a large overhead cost of buying a bunch of podcast equipment and then having it just sit there um, so instead of rather it be something that uh, cost me money, I thought, why not uh, rent the space and the stuff out whenever I wasn't using the podcast equipment for my own podcast? And ironically enough, I've yet to record my own podcast because I've been so busy with the company. <laughs> recording same, everybody you know, else. recording book. everyone else now. So <laughs> completely counterintuitive, totally destroyed what I was trying to do. But I will get to the point and now. Now I have a, another company, so that, that's kind of cool as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just started it because I wanted to make a little bit of money while I was recording my own podcast.
0: Very interesting. Well, our our podcast kind of coincided around the same time, and I had actually been laying the groundwork months prior. Mm-hmm. But as you know from your own experience, there's a lot that goes into to actually setting things up. Yeah. it's It's way more involved than I – I thought. I mean, yeah. we spent what 40 minutes today just trying to get the lighting right, you know, yeah. with this with this set, and it's still not 100%. But, you know, it's one of those things you could literally just spend hours trying to tweak it and you know get it just perfect.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge OCD guy when it comes to businesses that I'm involved in and my clients, which is why I'm really happy I'm, I delegate most of the uh, the nitty gritty to my team at Vi Media because, I mean, I just take forever on the creative stuff. That, I'm a terrible artist, so anything graphic design-oriented <laughs> just would <laughs> look terrible in the first place, um, so it would never be done. But uh, yeah, I mean, you could spend eternity trying to nitpick and make your, your brand look better and better. So,
0: Well, I have to say, you're, you're probably one of the m- most ambitious young people that I've met here well, in I'm, this past year just very 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 driven very focused you have kind of a vision you know and what would you say that comes from because there's there's going to be some younger people listening to this and even some older people that can that can gain from your knowledge with this yeah
1: um i want to say uh my my biggest drive has always been uh well i guess it all came from a bunch of failure i job from About 17 to 22 and a half uh, years of age, of course, I I job hopped a lot and uh, figured out what I did and didn't like at a very expedited pace because I wasn't afraid to commit resume suicide, so to speak. Um, And in doing that, I discovered what I did and did not like very quickly. And so when I did that, I realized that I sure as hell, I realized two things. One, that I can do what I like very very well if I uh, truly do like it and can stay passionate about it for an extended period of time the key is getting past that honeymoon phase Um, so like um, with relationships and and jobs and businesses alike you have the honeymoon phase where you start a new job for instance and you like it even if it's not your forte for the first few months just because it's new and then after that you kind of find out whether it's something you do or don't like and that's how it was for me at least so instead of sticking with it for at least two years, like a lot of people do, just for the resume, I kinda just moved it aside and, and didn't really care for that 17 to 22 and a half. And uh, then when I found out what I'd like to do, I was doing, starting at like 21 and a half. Uh, on the side of my jobs, I was uh, doing personal branding, social media marketing for top producing mortgage and real estate uh, clientele. And so I'd help them build their Facebook page, teach them how to post uh, correctly, how to create a good-looking post, stuff like that. So you kind of
0: stumbled into this.
1: Yeah, I, I stumbled into it, doing it on the side while I was in the mortgage and real estate industry and credit repair industry.
0: So are you a lot like me? So when I kind of, I wouldn't say master something, but get good at it, mm-hmm. I get bored.
1: Yeah, I, definitely. That's and, and, and
0: when I get bored, that's like my downfall.
1: Yeah, that's that's how it is for me. That's how it was at these jobs, because I did a lot of sales, and so I'd become a top producer, and then as soon as I got to that point, which was usually about two or three months into the job, um, that's when I would, I would get bored.
0: So I've gotten a real sense, just in the time that we've gotten to know each other and been around each other mm-hmm. in different get-togethers and so forth, that... The real drive for you is you love the creativity of branding a company and then watching them start to see the residuals as a result of that really tight branding. Well, like
1: you say, you get bored when you deal with something and then you get good at it. With marketing, I get to deal with something new all the time because I'm dealing with a new company. And every company, there's a lot of marketing companies out there that approach things with a cookie cutter approach. And that's just like... Not the correct way to do things if you find something that applies to every company good for you but most of the time in my line of work everything is a very custom approach and so every single client is a new experience for me and so that's that's what helps me stay interested because
0: you have several meetings with people before you actually get to the point of implementing yeah, these yeah. Things. i
1: mean it's, it's a it's a medium the long term sales cycle
0: because you really you you dig in and really find out what the company's about kind of what their culture is in how to shape that into a brand yeah so yeah.
1: but you were i digress you asked what my main drive was my main drive was just always i always knew i think from a young age i knew i wanted to start a company uh-huh. and i had tried on uh When I was 20, 21, I tried. But all my friends were in college, and no older people wanted to listen to me yet. So um, I tried and failed. (laughs) No one wanted to join up, so it was just me. And I honestly didn't have enough know-how.
0: What was the company, if you don't mind?
1: It was going to be Personal Branding.
0: Oh, Personal Branding. Yeah, so so it
1: was going to be Personal Branding for mortgage and real estate agents. Um, And that's why I was doing it on the side by myself. and I had talked to some friends, some, some that work with me now at ViMedia, Media that uh, were busy with college and said no or gave me uh, not definitive answer on joining the cause at the time. So it didn't amount to anything then and it probably shouldn't have because I didn't know anything about uh, business or business ownership. More so I just knew about sales and I knew very little about marketing at the time. Uh, I knew just enough to uh, know I didn't know anything and to be just dangerous enough to sell it. Um, That's why I had a few clientele on the side while I was working at whatever jobs I was throughout the years. And, uh, but my main drive behind owning a company is I kind of want to provide financial freedom to myself and have flexible schedule and enjoy all that. But uh, really just for my future family, like that's my main thing is that like when I, uh, when I pass away, really the only thing you have that lives on is what, kind of, for lack of a better term, what legacy you built, and so building a legacy for my f- like future family that doesn't even exist. So it sounds silly, but also for my existing direct family, I want to build something that is is there for them, you know.
0: So. Well, I know you and I had talked in the past. We had similar, probably not the easiest childhoods, yeah. So to speak, uh, challenging on a few different levels. And you overcame a lot of that. And the fact that you are now the head of two successful companies is proof that anything's possible.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And I do know that you also have mentors that you've worked with and work with currently, Mm -hmm. and people that you are connected with that have helped to grow your foundation as far as in business, and just some of the dynamics of business and, you know, putting that together, so to speak.
1: Yeah. No, that's uh mentor. I mean, overcoming my journey here has definitely uh, been interesting. And the people who have helped me get here have, are a huge part of that. Mentors are, I mean, lots. you hear everyone talk about having mentors and stuff. But a lot of people don't actually go out and find someone that they will listen to. So... Well,
0: and one thing I know with you is I don't ever hear excuses.
1: Those you're always
0: you you are always striving for something bigger. Mm-hmm. But we've both have encountered a lot of people, presently and even in the past, that are kind of stuck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of stuck by self-imposed limitations or mindsets as far as what they're capable of co- accomplishing and make it happen in their life and. You've, you've overcome a lot because you didn't really have a lot of support, so to speak, as some people may, mm-hmm. when starting out with this journey.
1: Yeah. No, when I when I started, I think I had – I was working at a startup company, um, and they were based in the car industry. They were going to basically have real estate agents for cars. I was working at a startup company, and uh, I think I had 350 measly dollars in my bank account when I started the company and uh, stopped working where I was working. and uh, But I had two clients that I knew were going to take care of things financially just enough to where I'd get by. And I needed to focus on it full time. Otherwise, I knew it wasn't going to amount to anything. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I started on my own. I didn't get any investment money or pursue any of that, nor did I know how at the time. So,
0: And you just got some good news today, didn't you?
1: I, I did. I did you want to
0: share that with us because that's that's kind of proof that whatever you've been doing is obviously getting noticed
1: yeah so we just got uh selected by small business monthly st louis as uh one of the best marketing firms in st louis got the email today so that's great news been three it'll be three years uh in two weeks it'll be three years that my company's Vi media has been in business um and, yeah, so it's great news. I and mean, it took three years to get that kind of recognition. So,
0: And you're also uh, going to be uh, partnering up to uh, take over the uh, marketing and social media for a big event that's coming here in October in St. Louis as well.
1: The Live to Lead? Yeah. 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 We're going to be involved in marketing that event. Very excited to be a part of that. I mean, that's uh, that's a John C. Ma- Maxwell sanctioned event. So, I mean, that's, that's a big deal for us. So
0: for younger people or maybe people struggling even at a job thinking about doing something on their own or maybe they're doing something on their own but it's just kind of struggling what are some tips you would give people like as far as things that you practice on a daily
1: um for people like starting a business or what yeah you
0: know some people get started like they they jump into a wanting to start their own business they've always worked for companies Mm -hmm. and find out the roads aren't paved with gold
1: yeah definitely not
0: that there's actually a lot of work
1: yeah this involved in it i guess the best pieces of advice um are a and the sound so cliche lots of things i'll say sound cliche and you've heard them before um they don't really matter to you until they click and i can't really explain what clicking is it's just something that happens sure um but uh like hey never never give up and you will eventually succeed and uh don't look as failures as failures because failure is when you do give up that's the only way you can fail is by giving up unless it needs to be accomplished within a certain period of time and if it's not accomplished within that period of time it's no longer an option Unless that's the case, you can't possibly fail unless you give up. So just don't give up and look at failures as stepping stones towards success. Uh, fail your way forward. That's one of the biggest things. I mean, that's quite literally why I am where I am is because I failed forward. And uh, and you have a neat
0: perspective on that because, and actually it's something you and I are very similar in, that instead of looking at it as failure, you look at it as a learning opportunity. Yeah. Because can you think of any point in your journey, maybe early on, that maybe based on frustration or not reaching the level you wanted to, can you imagine if you would have just threw in the towel at that point? Can you think of any point where you were like right on the edge where you're like? no,
1: plenty of times. Yeah. So what
0: did you do to kind of push yourself forward on that?
1: um, Looked at my alternatives um for instance working for I someone work, yeah working for someone you know it was like at certain times Vi media has been so stressful and business ownership has been so stressful to where there are nights where i'm just laying in bed contemplating you know this is the end type uh situation um
0: did you ever have a big deal come through like right at the uh, last hour
1: no it was never uh It was never because of a big deal that I didn't do that. It was really just me talking to myself and realizing, like I said, the alternatives of, well, I'd either have to start over from scratch with this business, which why would I do that? Because I already have this built. Right. Um, Unless I wanted to do a different type of business, which I really didn't want to do. So it's like if I uh, really my alternative was never to get a job. So my alternative, (laughs) like that was never an option for me at any point. I have talked to other people like family members. I remember talking to my mom and dad on uh, several occasions before the business got to where it is now. And they were just saying, get a job at night or just quit what you're doing and get a job. And, like, that was just, like, I remember just being livid just hearing that as an option, you know. I remember as far
0: back when I first started working Mm -hmm. that you would always find people that were company people, which I'm not knocking at whatsoever, I think. You know, if that's what you're cut of, great. But that was never my aspiration with any company I ever worked for. Like, I just knew that that was not going to be my landing spot. Yeah. And I think a lot of that for me was just the entrepreneur in me. Yeah. Is Just realizing that, no, I'm not going to spend 30 years working here
1: yeah i mean if you think about the long term that's kind of what i did is i thought about my options i was like even if i started like even if i gave up on vi Media and st louis com for some reason i could never see myself working nine to five or whatever for until i retire it was just never an option for me so i'd i'd much rather uh give this a shot which even if i failed i would just try it again you, you know I mean, I'd try again and again and again. I'd just start new companies for the rest of my life until it succeeded. Um, and I'd be way happier doing that and dealing with the stresses of that than working for someone. But like John said, I mean, like you said, it it does. That's not how everyone is. Not everyone needs to to think that way. Everyone. I always has, hated it uh, about
0: myself, though. It's like I want to be like. I, I remember having jobs early on, and they're like look, we, we really want to promote you to you know assistant manager of this department and so forth and so forth. And I'd be like, I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. And their impression was, I guess to some degree, was not committed, mm-hmm. which is true because I knew that it was just a stepping stone to keep the lights on, keep gas in the car until I came up with something. Yeah. Like I was always, since a young man, Always thinking about, you know, coming up with some type of business or ideas, and I I get that impression with you all the time because you're you're constantly morphing into different things.
1: Yeah, that's that's how having a job was for me. That was like just to make ends meet. you know, until I figured out what it was. It was hard because I realized what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the know-how when I was younger. Um, but I had to figure something out quick because even though I didn't plan on working for someone um, and I knew I was going to eventually own a company, I also didn't want to damage my reputation by job hopping too much and St. Louis is a small big city. So even though I didn't care about my resume at the time, I also didn't want to affect my reputation. so I had to figure out what I was doing very quickly. Um, so I I only, I only burned myself for two or three years before I figured it out you know. Yeah and uh it all it all worked out
0: so as far as your company and the way you do business what what is like the underlining principle of, of like what is your most important principle as far as how you conduct business and grow your business or even start other businesses if you if you could think of one thing
1: hmm, good question uh Number one thing with any type of business, whether, and I think this shouldn't apply just to me, but it definitely applies to mine is just making sure that you're providing something that's valuable. And uh, people always say the customer always right. I don't abide by that at all maybe that's like a thing in retail or foods but uh <laughs> we were always told that as young yeah, people yeah. it's like oh yeah the customer's always yeah, right no, Just customer service always comes first and if you care so much about customer service then you need to be honest as possible absolutely with your clients and prospects and sometimes like it hurts feelings yeah oh it does and i'm very i'm very uh Forward and blunt, as you know. So, and I can't help it to save my life. And so, so is Eric Brown, one of my partners. He's even more so than I. And uh, but if you know,
0: smile while you're doing it, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it It's all about the tone, and we, <laughs> I can work on that.
1: But uh, no, customer service in a very honest and blunt way is uh, the number one underlying thing for all businesses. In my opinion, um, not telling them what they want to hear, but rather what they need to hear. Um, so long as you are confident that you're giving them good advice and good direction, that you indeed know more so than they do on the subject, and you're providing customer service from that standpoint.
0: Well, I do know that, you know, naturally money's important mm-hmm. and it's necessary to grow any type of business. But I know that you also add a lot of value to people around you without money attached to it yeah did you want to talk a little bit about that
1: and what in what way like doing favors and well it's not so much favors Uh, i
0: think of a seminar you guys did a couple weeks ago yeah you added a lot of value to people in that room and that was no charge
1: yeah so stuff like that's super important and gary vaynerchuk kind of kind of tackles this subject a little bit and it's um Doing work for free or providing value for free, um, one, it, it's a really nice thing to do. And lots of the people at that seminar, uh, for example, um, weren't our ideal prospects, but we could see that they could benefit a lot from that information. And it's probably the only way they'd get it is from a free seminar or something that's inexpensive. And then also, um, it's a good way, it's a good sales strategy as well. So not only are you going out there and you're helping a lot of people in small businesses which really it's that's another thing I love so much is always dealing with new clients and then seeing these businesses benefit because after that seminar for example, I saw multiple companies go out and use some of that advice immediately. That was
0: That's got to be a thrill.
1: That was a thrill to see because that actually shows that I indeed helped at least one person in that room. That is is awesome but it's a great sales strategy as well because even if not a single person in that room is an ideal client they're going to talk about the experience and the advice with someone who who may be an ideal client see and that's context that's
0: what's key and i think that's a lot of what's been lost in a lot of business these days is everybody's so worried about getting that money Mm -hmm. and not necessarily looking at adding value to those around them.
1: Well, that's how to, that's how to providing value is one of the best ways to have people see that they want to work with you. If you're just trying to hard sell them rather than consultively sell them, you're going to have a much harder time acquiring clients. Uh, I always, I was on, Chris and Deanna's podcast, ICAG podcast, and uh, we talked about the differences between regular selling and consultive selling. And it's kind of an evolution I went from because I started selling at the age of 17. Now it's been almost 10 years of selling. And uh, I started as a hardcore closer type guy rather than a consultive seller. And you kind of evolve out of that as you become a better business person you go from being a hardcore salesperson to someone who's consultively selling and providing value Kind of like yeah. the
0: furniture guy but what, what have you ever went and looked at furniture yeah yeah oh my gosh it's like dude if I i'm mean, gonna I've buy a couch cars. i will come find you yeah. you will be the first person i find <laughs> yeah. you know it's like i don't have any questions you have like 300 couches in here My wife would like to try out at least 200 of them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's her personality. Like, she goes front to back on purchases. Me, looks good. It's comfortable. Five minutes. Made my decision. Let's get it. Yeah. Her, months. Yeah. Which is fine. Because every time she buys something, it's really good quality at a great value. But... You know, I've I've dealt with people like that. And I was probably one of those type of people early on when I was selling, 17, eight years of, 18 years of age, basically a hunter mm-hmm. is what I call it, you know. And now I'm more of a farmer. I like building relationships with people. That's the key. And you never know where a relationship could lead.
1: Uh, you never know.
0: And you never underestimate who people know. So even though someone may not appear to be of status to certain profession or what have you doesn't mean they don't know somebody.
1: Yeah. No, you that's that's another big thing is I see is a lot of people doing exactly that, discounting people because uh they're judging books by their covers and they're missing out big time due to that that mistake. Uh treating everyone equally so to speak is a huge key yes even i mean one morally you should just do that because you're not an asshole Um, but two because what you were saying you never know who someone knows or what they may become later on as well themselves Um, so always giving everyone the same chance and treating everyone equally within business and outside of business is huge Um, and just the right thing to do frankly i mean there's so many people we sit down with on a monthly basis, and consult with them about their marketing, knowing that they'll probably not be a client for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and we do that just to to pay it forward and to help them out. And uh, in doing so, we're also it's also a good marketing technique as well because they remember help, by Media. They remember us because we helped them out and we didn't really charge them anything you know we just especially if they
0: have some success like you were saying with yeah. that last seminar you had watching these people actually implement these tools that you've given them mm-hmm. which undeniably it's going to incur some level of success for them
1: yeah it'll, it'll help them in some way shape and form so yeah.
0: you also do uh a lot with a certain charity did you want to
1: Talk the KMA a little bit foundation. about foundation, Yeah, so I'm on the board of a nonprofit organization called the KMA Foundation. And uh, what they do is they, they focus on improving roadways uh, in cooperation with MODOT. So they'll find uh, roads that have high fatality rates. And, and, uh, and just
0: stop you real quick, yeah. when you first approached me about this, I didn't know the backstory behind it. Mm-hmm. You were just kind of describing the charity, and I'm like, sure. how does someone get tied in to yeah. fixing roads? I mean, not that we don't need a lot of roads fixed, but so what's the backstory on? So this?
1: the backstory: so Sean Archambeau, he's the chairman of the KMA Foundation. His daughter, around 2010 2011, his daughter uh, uh, passed away in a, a fatal car accident. Here in Missouri and it was just a very dangerous road and well, she she's not the only person I know who got in an accident died on that right. road. one of my friends both his parents eight years apart passed away on that road wow one of my friends himself passed away on that road and then of course Kayla Shonbo Sean's daughter passed away on that road as well uh, so this road uh, had a terrible history of just being a dangerous road um, so Sean, he turned that uh, tragedy into a passion and started the KMA Foundation, Kayla Marie Arshambo Foundation. And it also stands for Keeping Memories Alive. And so it's broken down into to three different things they work on. One of them is roadway improvements. And they, they cooperate with MoDOT, the Missouri Department of Transportation, to change uh, high fatality roadways and change them. Like put rumble strips on the side, make them wider, put rumble strip in the middle, do whatever they can to reduce the amount of fatal car accidents or car accidents in general that happen on these roadways. Sure. Um, So that's one of the things they do. The other thing is they go to high schools and they spread awareness about safe driving to high school age students. And they've gone to, I want to say over 50 high schools here in Missouri alone. Um, And gone to lots of these multiple times over the years. Um, and just presented presentations about safe driving techniques, wearing your seatbelt, not texting and driving, um, and, of course, keeping the memory alive of what what has happened and what could happen if if you don't drive safely and follow these techniques.
0: Yeah, when I met Sean and we talked, I mean, I was just blown away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a father of four, can't even imagine, didn't pretend to try to imagine, but his story was very inspiring to me. And I think it says a lot about you as an entrepreneur with as much time and energy that you put into that charity. And it's not the only thing that you're a part of, but it's definitely in the forefront.
1: Yeah, it's probably the most important thing I'm a part of. You know, Um, I wish I could, you know, I I hope to spend more time on it moving forward because compared to for profit businesses that are, you know, helping out in a way because a marketing company helps small businesses and that's like one of my focuses we work with big businesses but my my pleasure is in helping the small businesses that actually need the help more so than the big ones so the KMA Foundation being able to partake in something that's 100% about helping is just great.
0: Yeah I was blown away at the function you guys had a couple weekends ago with the kickball you know my vision was some people at a field I didn't realize you guys were going to have the entire park. Yeah, playing kickball.
1: Yeah, and usually it's it's bigger than it was this year.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was it was serious serious
1: event though. Yeah, we 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 had umpires for the kickball tournament.
0: Yeah, know? I mean it was interesting, and um, so St. Louis podcast is very similar mm-hmm. to kind of what you do at Vi Media in the sense that you're trying to elevate well put a foundation for small businesses to be able to elevate themselves in such a way that they might not be able to just because of the investment space knowledge etc etc talk a little bit about st louis podcast
1: so like i said i started this company um just because i didn't want to have the overhead costs and not be able to pay it off of my own podcast right and so basically we we, got, we just looked at Joe Rogan's podcast and kind of bought the same equipment he has because he's one of the best in the business. Sure. And uh, we got a space, filled it up with the equipment. And what it is, we rent out that space to people so they can record their own podcast. And they don't control the equipment and stuff. We have a professional video and audio guy who takes care of all that while they just do their podcast, do their thing like we are now. Um, but what a, and, great,
0: what, what a great format, though. To elevate smaller entrepreneurs. No, yeah.
1: So when it comes to its similarities to Vi, it's it's very similar because lots of the people we talk to, they either have a podcast and they're half assing it at best. Or they don't have a podcast at all and they're trying to learn about it. So it's very much like a lot of our clients at Vibe because we have to focus on the foundation first. Their social media presence, where they want the podcast to go out on. Because you want it on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts. But you also want a video format that's going out on YouTube, Facebook, IGTV, stuff like that. So addressing their foundational needs and getting those platforms built out is first and foremost. And then it's just... Voice is becoming such a huge thing. You have uh, Google Home and Alexa in so many households. And people are consuming their content through that. They're consuming their content through their radio in the car, but not listening to the radio rather than listening to what they have on a playlist on their Spotify or their Google Play Music or their Apple. Well, podcasts
0: is a really emerging industry right now. And I attribute a lot of that to the fact that just what we're doing here today... People want to learn. Yeah, they do. They want some knowledge.
1: And it's an entertaining way to learn.
0: You know, and getting back, kind of rewinding a little bit when you were talking about pushing through those days that you wanted to throw in the towel Mm -hmm. or you were frustrated or discouraged. You know, I think sometimes people get into businesses thinking that they're just waiting for the big thing. Yeah. But it's actually a bunch of little things that gets you to that point like if you reflect back the past three years of all the little things that's gotten you to where you're at now
1: yeah i mean all it has been is a bunch of little things so perseverance
0: is very important
1: yeah Yeah. no perseverance is everything and uh one one of the issues with what you were saying and that is how people think lots of people wait for the big thing to come uh, and nothing's coming to you no one owes you anything and nothing luck doesn't exist in my mind and neither does karma karma is more of like a and this has a lot to do with uh giving value karma isn't uh it exists but not in the fairy tale way that people think when they hear karma it exists in a scientific way where people see you giving and they hear about you giving therefore they're more likely to give to you it's more of a science thing rather or a psychology thing than than a, a magical thing and so um lots of little acts of giving are like the biggest thing that have gotten us to where we are and perseverance is huge because like we were talking about earlier i mean there's just so many times where it was um really hard to keep going but because i kept going past that point was that i was that stronger and less likely to run to into that point again if that makes any sense oh absolutely get past that point of almost falling apart, then you're much less likely to get to that point again. And it, it happened a lot at the beginning, and now it hardly ever happens. And when it does, it's way easier to blast through that point of, of hardship and just think, I, I've been here before. This is easy. You know. Well,
0: I never like when people say luck because there's no such thing as luck. No. What there is is hard work and planning.
1: Yeah, hard work, planning. Yeah. That
0: equals luck. Yeah. You know, sitting in your house – waiting for something to happen doesn't create anything
1: yeah a quote i read i don't know who said it but uh it's funny because the harder i work the more luck i have oh sure you know yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love that no shit <laughs> so is there anything else you wanted to add to, to our sit down here are we leaving anything out about you
1: i mean yeah a lot i mean a lot a lot happens between uh I, my professional life began at at 17 and what is here now, and there's a lot that happened building up, but nothing too exciting, I'd say. Just a lot of, you know, I, I do want to say one thing. Advice is that, like, uh, like John, like you were kind of um, touching on, is that lots of the most successful people in the world come from very hum- humble beginnings, and uh, you don't have to have a certain background to succeed in any walk of life that you do. You just a, have to have planning, and, and B, you have to have hard work. Um, and you need to go out there and realize that you can't do it alone. Lots of people think they can do it alone. I know there's such thing such thing as solopreneur, um, but even they don't do it alone. They cooperate with people. Oh, sure. You know, and they have people they outsource to or work with or mentors. Uh, they're not doing everything solely by themselves um, in any capacity. And so just... Realizing you can come from any background whatsoever and uh, do exact reach the goal that you want to reach, and one of the biggest things, and this is another cliche that uh, just clicked with me. <laughs> this is this is actually the thing that uh, made me stop working. I read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, oh, and I had a t- love one, one takeaway. And the takeaway is you can literally do anything you set your mind to, um, anything so long as it doesn't defy physics. You know, right, well, I'm not going to take thing. a ballet, but... Yeah, I mean, you could. Well, you I know. could,
0: but I don't think that I'll be on a stage That's physics, though, yeah, in yeah, its yeah. own right. I'm not quite I mean? as flexible as I used to yeah, be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so keeping things that are like that in mind and, and really just realizing that if you want something bad enough, you can do it.
0: Well, really, so. all, the only limitations on you are the ones you impose on yourself. Exactly. Because... There really isn't any limitations except the ones,
1: yeah, that you and cover lots of yourself just up with. Just need to break those down, right? And it takes time. You cannot. Another thing that I've tried time and time again when I was getting started out is that there's changes I wanted to make in my life, and I would make the mistake of trying to change all of them overnight. When in reality, I probably couldn't change a damn one of them overnight. 're changing just one of them. I'm gonna those quit things,
0: smoking. I'm gonna
1: go to the gym. I'm gonna quit drinking. You know.
0: There's yeah. some people
1: and that it, do that every now and then. Well, they the last stores. about a
0: week, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is it's, it always gets back to small incremental changes yeah. done consistently.
1: Yeah. No. I. I. You can't even one of those things that I wanted to change, like quitting smoking cigarettes, before I quit smoking cigarettes or uh, quitting going out and partying or um, making changes to the business that I wanted to change. Instead of, at first I would try to do these all overnight. And it would just never happen. It may st- go for a few days, a week, a couple weeks if I was lucky. Realizing that none of these changes would happen overnight. And in fact, I couldn't work on all of them at once over a long period of time. I needed to work on one of these at a time over a long period of time and then move on to the next one. Were you crabby? Was I crabby? Yeah, <laughs> I was crabby. I'm just thinking about quit smoking, quit partying. That's yeah. you know, like no.
0: all, all in the same week. That's a
1: Try doing that and having a, a, a happy relationship at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it usually doesn't pan out no. so well. Yeah.
0: So well, this has been a fantastic interview. And I hope that uh, everybody out here has gotten some value out, out of uh, getting to know Garrett better and Vi Media and, and what he stands for. And we will have his website on the bottom and links to his website for both Vi Media and St. Louis podcast. And if nothing else, just connect with Garrett. Just have a conversation with Please. him. Please. I'll tell you what, this guy here, he will take time out to share his little nuggets in life and business because that's what he does. And I want to thank you for coming on today.
1: Of course, ma'am. Thanks for having me.
0: And I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in to New Heights 360. And like I said, look up Garrett Ekins at ViMedia and stlouispodcast.com. You will not regret connecting with him on a relational
1: basis. Hope to hear from you. Thank you and have a great day.